to the Everyday Shears podcast, the podcast where we interview amazing women um, making a difference in the local community. My name is Caden Croston, and I have the pleasure of being here today with my good friend, Heather Pearson. Happy to be here. Um, so Heather is a senior at Willamette. She is a sociology and women and gender studies double major. She loves running, hiking, and reading. She has a demonstrated passion for empowering women and LGBTQ youth through running in the outdoors. She developed a program in Willamette's orientation program to increase inclusivity and awareness of diverse cultures on our campus. She started and implemented a campus-wide day of volunteering. She took a semester off of school to travel around Peru by herself. And most recently, she has written her not one, but two senior theses, one about destigmatizing homeless youth and the other about giving voice to the narratives of queer outdoors people. And last but not least, she has been doing some amazing journalism for The Collegian, um, which is our school newspaper, but we'll get into that a little bit more later. Um, did I miss anything? I don't want the intro to be like five minutes, so <laughs> I, I put as much as I could. <laughs> no, I think that's about it. <laughs> All right. So you, you do a lot. Mm -hmm. um, so the first thing that I kind of want to talk about was you went to Peru last year, like not through a study abroad program or anything. You just took the semester off and traveled around by yourself. Um, that's a pretty big thing to do. I feel like there's kind of this stigma or like wariness about women traveling around by themselves, especially in foreign countries. So kind of walk me through like what made you decide to to travel? What made you decide to do that? Yeah, um, so coming into Willamette, I always knew I wanted to study abroad or go abroad. It's something um, that has been like something I've been looking forward to uh, my whole life. Um, but then when I was applying for programs on campus, I realized that um, it would be very expensive and I was already dealing with mm. a lot of debt um, yeah. here. And then I started thinking like, well, a lot of people I've talked to who go abroad um, have told me that they would rather actually have more time to explore and less time like in a classroom. Yeah. And I thought, why not um, go abroad without the studying part and get a different kind of education? Mm -hmm. um, and I'm lucky because I had this idea and I went to my parents and they're like pretty supportive and they were like, okay, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, like talk to us, be safe, um, but like we trust you and believe that you mm -hmm. can like do this. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was a really incredible experience and I backpacked around for about two and a half months um, throughout Peru. So. Mm -hmm saw a lot of different things, the Amazon jungle, Machu Picchu. Yeah. Um, but yeah, as a woman specifically, I was, I did get, when I decided to do this and I started telling people, there was a lot of fear, I think, yeah. that people had for me that I don't know if they would have had, had I been a man, mm -hmm. right? Um, about like, aren't you scared of what will happen? Um, mm -hmm. Which I think there's also some like, potential racism in that too about like how dangerous yeah. Latin American countries are mm -hmm. um but yeah my experiences um I mean overall to be able to like move around on my own choose where I was going every day mm -hmm. um was like pretty empowering yeah and it's a lot of pressure too I feel like yeah, it was like, there were definitely days where I just wanted to like sit in my hostel and sleep all day. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I feel like there's this narrative of if you're like abroad, you have to be like having adventure all the time. Yeah. There were a few times when I experienced like, um, I mean, I definitely got approached by men 
a lot if I was just like mm-hmm. sitting around outside or like reading a book or something. Yeah. I is that that's not really any different than at home. <laughs> yeah. Or like or was it different? Um it was like I think I that's difficult for me to say. Yeah. <laughs> I'm thinking like in um if I had lived in more like cities and stuff in the states, I think it would be a lot more common in my life and I've mm-hmm. lived more in like quieter towns where you just like there aren't as many people around you and in Peru I was in like larger cities a lot so I think that played into it for sure some of the people who approached me were also like tourists um yeah. it wasn't all like yeah. locals and stuff um, um did you find when you were traveling around that people were surprised that you were by yourself like when you were like checking into hostels um that kind of thing were or were people normally just like yeah okay um I definitely got both um, at hostels it sort of catered to like a younger um, crowd then I think it's more normal to see women on their own mm-hmm. um, but I did a couple things where I did like a homestay or if I met some older travelers there would always be questions of like oh just you like yeah where are you okay like have you been okay and I'd be like yeah I'm doing fine <laughs> like kind of sunburnt but <laughs> yeah <laughs> Um, so I feel like this next topic sort of, um, like blends into this idea of being a woman in like sort of a different space. Um, so you do a lot of adventuring, outdoorsing, camping, hiking, um, and I feel like that's like sort of that outdoorsman space is sort of like a space that's generally reserved for men. I mean, obviously, like, I think that's changing. Um, but sort of historically, that's been, like, the perception of it. It's, like, the man outside. <laughs> <For sure. laughs> man versus wilderness. Um, <laughs> living off the land. Um, but, like, that's not necessarily always the case. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, was, I just wanted to get your perspective on what it's like to be um, a woman who's, like, in the outdoors, going on hikes, um, a lot of times by herself. So over the summer, you um, worked for an organization called Out There Adventures, um, which takes LGBTQ youth um, in the outdoors, and so you did um, a lot of work for them. And so, like, that in combination with um, just, like, your experience as a woman in the, in the outdoors, um, like, what, what was that like, basically? For sure. Um... Well, to start, I feel like there's always this contradiction with the outdoors where on one hand, like, it's a place I can go to kind of escape reality and there's, like, that aspect where you're, like, there's less societal pressure and, like, you can just be yourself, whatever that means. Um, I don't know, it's cool to get to tap into, like, my own, like, strength um, and, like, athleticism and these things that, like, sometimes I don't get to as much. Um, Mm -hmm. But at the same time, like, there are instances where I'm, like, out hiking or like specifically if I'm like backpacking by myself um I think something unique is like for me the fear is usually like of other people Mm -hmm. um whereas I think maybe for men the fear is of like the bears and the mountain lions and (laughs) all these things I need to defeat (laughs) yeah um so if I'm like pitching my tent by myself and someone else pitches near me I'm like oh I hope they don't bother me I hope Mm -hmm. those kind of things um, or, like, comments that are just kind of, like, silly, like, mm. about, like, oh, are you really out here by yourself? Or, like, do you really think you can do it? And I'm like, yes, yeah. <laughs> done it before. <laughs> yeah. Um, or, like, not being taken seriously when I'm, like, asking for 
directions or stuff from mm-hmm. um, people who are like guides or working at stores or rangers and stuff. I feel like sometimes don't recognize that I actually do have a lot of skills in that area. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I know one of the times uh, when we went hiking together, um, we like ran into this couple. Um, we were in Canada and we ran into this couple and we were talking to them and like after we like left I was like oh they were like so nice and you were like they only talked to you the whole time and I was like <laughs> I didn't even notice that mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I like didn't notice that they were just like looking to me for all the answers um, and that was something that you like pointed out to me yeah yeah and stuff like that can be tricky because even with that I was like was that real or was it all in my head yeah. um, like kind of just so, like subtle small things like that um, so it's interesting, but I do think it can be, like, a really empowering space, sure. too. Yeah. For sure. Like, what's one of your favorite hikes that you've done? Or, like, just favorite experiences that you were like, I did it. Like, <laughs> like that was awesome. Yeah. There's, um, in Washington, there um, are these mountains in central Washington in the Cascades called the Enchantments. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're just breathtaking, right? They're, like, mm-hmm. huge peaks. Um, and it's really difficult to climb into them because there's this path that's kind of just like vertical (laughs) (laughs) and you have to like grab rocks and kind of pull yourself up. Um, Mm -hmm. and usually you backpack there like overnight camping, um, but you have to get a permit Mm -hmm. to do that, which is really, um, competitive. Okay. And so my friend and I were like, well, let's just hike it in a day so we don't need a permit. And it's like 22 miles, including that like vertical rock face thing. Yeah. (laughs) Um, And we were just like, well, we'll try it. Yeah, might as well. (laughs) And see how it goes. And like both of us have been um, like preferred competitive runners for a long time. Mm -hmm. So kind of had that like base to be able to tackle something like that. and yeah, we just went for it, and we like saw mountain goats and like <laughs> passing mountain goats on your way up. Yeah, um, and it was like so stunning. And by the time we were done, we were like so exhausted and kind of grumpy, but yeah. like hell yeah, we did it. Oh, you did it exactly. Um, and now it's like something that I do every year, like every summer in July, oh, going super cool. through hike the enchantments. So. Yeah. Nice. The last, or like the last, like major topic that I wanted to talk about is your work with um, the Collegian, which is our school newspaper. Um, so you've had a few like pretty big articles, um, but I think the one that has had the biggest impact um, on our campus was you and another student, uh, Holly Walsh, wrote an article about sexual assault on college campuses and specifically. Uh, about sexual assault on Willamette's campus, and you also highlighted that Willamette had admitted a transfer student who had been expelled from his previous school for sexually assaulting a woman, um, which obviously, like, caused, like, quite a ruckus on campus, (laughs) um, because these are, like, conversations that need to be had that are often kind of overlooked. Um, so take me through the process of writing that article, um, like kind of how did that whole thing start and then the process of getting it published. I know that's not an easy thing to do and it takes a lot of courage and determination um, to get that kind of thing through. So I was just hoping you could like kind of walk me through that whole process. For sure. Um, yeah, it was quite the process. <laughs> um, we. It was a tricky story to originally take on, um, and we only felt comfortable doing it because the survivor of sexual assault approached us first, Mm -hmm. um, 
because we didn't want to tell the story unless she was comfortable with it. Um, but she had been denied by her own school newspaper um, to have the story printed there. Um, and so when her um, assailant transferred to my university, um, then she reached out to us. And so it was a long process and we really um, had to deal with a lot of like litigation issues and making sure if you're going to print something about um, sexual assault, there's, um, I don't know, such a tendency to not believe these stories that we had yeah. to fact check everything so right. that no one could kind of poke holes through it. Right. Make sure that like every detail is right. Mm-hmm. So there were a lot of like, we're always in like me and the co-writer um, and our editor spending late nights in like coffee shops and mm -hmm. in the collegian office, um, just making sure that we had everything right. Mm -hmm. um, and there were definitely points where we were like, this is like emotionally challenging um, right. just to be looking at the details of an assault um, so intimately mm -hmm. um, and to see how like both colleges had kind of failed her. Right. Um, and like that that's not very uncommon. Um, it was like hard to see and um did her university give a reason for why they wouldn't allow it in their school newspaper or were they just like no um they i think we're dealing with some of the same things we ran up against mm -hmm. with um like liability and okay. being afraid of lawsuit by the assailant got it yeah when we published it was a very stressful time for us as writers to mm -hmm. there was half a fear that like no one will notice or yeah. care. And the other half, like, oh, no, everyone's going to be upset. Mm -hmm. um, and potentially people might take the side of the assailant, these kinds of things. Yeah. Um, but it was actually, we got a really large amount of positive feedback. Um, mm -hmm. People were messaging me on Facebook and sending emails saying, like, hey, that really rang true with, like, my own story. It's really powerful that you gave voice to this even like someone gave us a handwritten note in the bistro <laughs> so i think it was like powerful to the mm -hmm. woman um who may be our survivors on our own campus yeah um yeah to just kind of see that kind of representation so did you come across so you're kind of talking about how there was a lot of positive reactions um but a lot of times people are wary to have these sort of conversations. There's a lot of like not believing um, the survivor, that kind of thing. Did you run into that um, on Willamette's campus? Because I know that this, um, especially when you published it, sexual assault had been in the news a lot um, with Harvey Weinstein and all of the like kind of just like other unveilings, um, especially in Hollywood. And so did, it was sort of like that conversation hitting Willamette, hitting our local community. And so um, did you see that same sort of like backlash at Willamette or not so much? Like, just walk me through that. Yeah, um, it definitely, definitely did fit into that conversation, um, especially since the assailant was um, a student athlete at our school um, mm -hmm. and like one who was getting awards. And um, I think... It does get difficult for um, people who were friends with him to, like, see that in someone that they knew and cared about, yeah. um, especially since it had occurred at his last institution, and to be like, oh, this, like, radically changes this person who I thought I knew. Right. Um, and I think, I don't know, I think it's easy to be like, there are bad people and good people and bad people do sexual assault, and this, mm -hmm. like, blurred the lines for a lot of people. Right. So we definitely did get... Um, 
some response that was like, I can't believe you wrote this, or like, Mm -hmm. I don't know, responses along the lines of like, shouldn't someone be able to make a mistake, and I don't know, be forgiven and move past it, Mm -hmm. Um, and it was kind of hard to see those things, but that um, response was like a lot smaller than the overall like positivity yeah for sure so one of the things that you brought up in your article that i think is really important is how this person um the sexual assailant got let into willamette in the first place um especially when at a liberal arts college and any college where we're sort of expecting these safer communities um there are like checks to get into the university um so why would someone um with a history of sexual assault be allowed to transfer to Willamette, especially after getting kicked out of his last institution um so i was hoping you could touch a little bit on that yeah yeah that was a big question that we were dealing with um because it was worrying right to see that that had happened um and to wonder if it would happen again um and so what we ended up finding out is that um this kind of transfer is actually fairly common um so if someone who's committed sexual assault um gets um reprimanded but not necessarily by the police so some Mm -hmm. sort of like institutional court or something Mm -hmm. um they can transfer to a different university and depending on um the transfer policies of both universities it's Mm -hmm. possible for that information to not um be shared so the admitting institution might not even know Mm -hmm. um so No one ever told us for certain what had happened, um, and we're still kind of in processes to, like, find out, Mm -hmm. um, some, like, external investigation, um, but it's possible that either his past university lied on his transcript, Mm -hmm. um, and said he was in good standing when he wasn't, and that he also lied, um, by also saying that on his application, Mm -hmm. um, or that Willamette received his history... Um, and ignored it and still admitted him. Mm-hmm. Um, but what this, we don't get to know necessarily with like title line and stuff right. exactly which one it was. Right. If the, insta- if his past university lied, that's illegal and they mm-hmm. should have repercussion. Mm-hmm. If Willamette admitted him anyways, that to me shows, um, a bit of lack of institutional care mm-hmm. about student safety. Right. But overall, it kind of points to this larger system in which yeah. there's no um, set policy. And that seems like the biggest thing missing here is that there should be a certain set of information that's always shared between schools. Yeah, definitely. That Like, it doesn't really matter whose fault it is. Like, somehow it slipped through the cracks and that's an institutional problem. It's not just the one university. Mm-hmm. Especially since, like, this assailant... This was his second time transferring, mm. um, and so he had done this similar thing before where um, he'd transferred, so this was his third school. Okay. So he'd been kind of using that, potentially, we don't know for sure, but mm-hmm. um, it seems that if assailants are aware that that kind of information is not shared, mm-hmm. it can give them kind of a clean slate. So. Got it. So, <laughs> I feel like that's that's a lot to unpack. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but, uh, kind of like 
wrapping up the podcast. We only have so much time. I think it's like a good way to end to mm-hmm. just have you like give some recommendations to our listeners. Um, Cause you're cool, and so you <laughs> like read cool books and listen to cool music and stuff. Um, and so, yeah. So, if you could just like tell me, like, what are some like recommendations that you have for like books, music, movies, shows? Um, just like what kind of stuff have you been liking recently? For sure. Um... I've definitely been watching Queer Eye. Yeah, everyone's <laughs> been talking about it. It's really, yeah, it's good. It's, like, empowering to watch, mm-hmm. and they're just funny. It's, like, um, these four or five gay guys, and then they'll go and help a straight guy with, like, his living situation, his hair, his fashion, his yeah. confidence, <laughs> and <laughs> I don't know, you watch it, and you're like, yeah. <laughs> um, I also just read... Um, a little while ago, a book called um, Through Hiking Will Break Your Heart, and mm-hmm. it's by Carrot Quinn, who's like a bisexual author about her time hiking the Pacific Crest Trail, which is just like everything I'm about. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and it like made me cry and like want to go hike. <laughs> um, I think everyone should read it um, mm-hmm. and like buy it and get her some uh, money. And <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. I, there's one other book that I would tell, like, everyone to read, mm-hmm. um, which is called um, Women Who Run With Wolves, and it's, like, an anthology of folk tales about, like, women, but that, it's, like, more just, like, you read it, and they're just, like, stories, mm-hmm. and kind of about, like, your, I don't know, like, internal life, mm-hmm. um, but it's super cool, and, like, always gives me, like, new things to think about, yeah. and, um... I don't really know how else to describe it, but yeah. I would say everyone should read it for sure. <laughs> Sounds interesting. Yeah. Uh, everyone go read that. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. It was great to have you and to the the listenership, to the, to the people <laughs> listening. Um, be sure to um, stay tuned. We'll have um, a few more podcasts on the way um, with other amazing women. If you like this, um, give our Facebook page a follow at Everyday Sheroes. And yeah, thank you, Heather, for coming on the show. Thank you.